Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in Tuesday edition. I am Clay Travis. He is Buck Sexton. We appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We have got a bevy of different topics to dive into, among them the mess at the border, where we are going to begin here in a moment. Joe Biden is speaking at the U.N., Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin will join us in the third hour of the program. And an interesting question. How does COVID, fear porn, panic, how does it end? How do we get back to normalcy? Interesting question to debate. But we begin with a big question. How is it that suddenly between twelve and 14,000 would-be immigrants illegally crossed the border, most of them from Haiti, which is an island nation, how have they suddenly all ended up simultaneously in Del Rio, Texas, in such massive numbers? Remember, Del Rio, Texas only has around 35,000 people who live in that town in general, and it hasn't been a traditional hotspot in terms of border crossings, at least not historically. What happened? Who may have paid or financed this number of people to suddenly make their way from South America? How did all of these Haitians end up in South America in the first place to make a attempt to cross the border in the United States? These are all big questions that need to be answered. But we begin with Secretary Mayorkas, who has finally made a trip down to the border. He was asked whether or not this was a crisis, and essentially he refused to answer. I don't think we expected the rapidity of the increase that occurred. We are realistic about the human tragedy of this, but we have a responsibility not only to the well-being of the migrants themselves, but the well-being of the local communities and the American public. Joe Biden was asked about this situation. It's one of many crises that are currently occurring in the midst of his failed first-year presidency. 
and our dear leader, well, he didn't have much to say. Mr. President, do you have a message to the Haitian migrants? Thank you, guys. Let's go. Thank you. Let's go. Thank you. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go. Thank you. Come on, guys. Let's go. Thank you. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you. Come on. Let's go. That's got to be quite a job, Clay. They shut down the press so they can't actually get mumbling, stumbling Joe to say anything about this. I mean, to your question about the coordination, I will tell you, I just spoke yesterday to a friend on Border Patrol at some length about this, and they don't know. Uh, they yeah. don't know yet exactly how it's gone, but I do know that in other situations, and this goes back to the caravans coming out of Central America, particularly out of Honduras and El Salvador, and it's social media coordination in close coordination, so so individuals will coordinate on social media, and then the coyotes, the human smugglers working for the cartels, will contact different groups and work with them, communicate with them, and obviously set up the payment system. I mean, I was down in the Rio Grande section seeing, you could see, Clay, all over the place, these little wristbands that had been discarded to show that people, every individual, man, woman, and child crossing, had paid just to give everyone a sense of how much of a business this is it was like one of those nightclubs except instead of a stamp or a bracelet for a nightclub you're doing it for a drug cartel that's getting thousands of dollars ahead to bring you in so there is digital coordination and with the cartels as well they decide that they're going to start moving groups of people what's so interesting about this is obviously getting from haiti to mexico not not a simple not a simple thing, but a lot of, even most of these Haitian migrants are coming out of South America. They yeah. had already fled Haiti and for some reason believe that now was a good time. I think we all know it's because the Biden administration is in charge. Now is a particularly good time to try to play the system and get back into the United, or get into rather the United States illegally. So that's, that's what the, the sum total of what I could get from Border Patrol yesterday was basically, we know there, we know there's coordination. We know it's a major operation. They're not coming from Haiti for the most part. They're actually coming from countries south of Mexico. Yes. And they don't have much information on the logistics yet of how this was organized and why now. So these are big questions. If we had a different administration, I think they'd want to get more to the bottom of it, Clay. I have a feeling this administration would rather sit around and let this pass. And and what's intriguing about it, too, is it feels set up in the context of if you watched and saw all of the attention for Border Patrol who were on horses and their attempt to restrain people, uh, th- th- that went viral. Oh, my God, they're whipping Haitian, uh, would-be Haitian immigrants. It feels set up but, as a distraction of sorts right, to me, right? That I was mean, a lie, it, too. They weren't yeah, whipping, I know, right? Totally, yeah. But just, just to be clear for everybody, the, the story that went viral, and even Jen Psaki weighed in on this one, saying, you know, oh, it looks so horrible, extremely yes. troubling, you know, the usual stuff. Well, it's not extremely troubling if it's not true, right? A, a thing that did not happen should not be described by the White House press secretary as extremely troubling, but we all understand this is the favorite media game. Clay, when there's a huge surge, when it's Central American migrants at the border, what do they tend to do? They'll find a story of, you know, a a six-year-old abandoned at the border, and all of a sudden the entire focus of the national news media for the few days they have to talk about the border is look at this sick, hungry child. And every human being who sees this goes, oh, my gosh, of course we have to help the sick, hungry child, which is completely true. 
In addition to that, though, there are thousands and thousands of able-bodied adults who are making the choice to violate U.S. sovereignty and break the law and are rewarded for it. And a way of distracting from that is finding these very specific human interest stories that fit into the narrative. And I think that's why they jumped on this story. I mean, think about it. Really? Border Patrol is going to go around whipping people, given all the focus on this? Does anyone really believe that? That's not a tactic Border Patrol. But by the way, people did believe it, Clay. Well, it's anecdote-driven society, which is what we've become. So, and, and this goes across the board, and I think it's the biggest flaw of why our nation is so... Uh, we should play the Ken Burns audio at some point as well, where he talks about uh, how we're facing divisions like in the Civil War. But I think it's because whatever narrative you want to believe, there is an element of truth to it in that there are awful stories that are heart-stringing that are involved in any particular major incident, right? You can go find a 24-year-old who died with COVID. It doesn't mean that if you're 24, you're going to die with COVID or you're under risk. But when CNN features it or it's on the front page of the New York Times, that outlier story resonates in a way that the data doesn't reflect that it should. And we end up with a political class that is so afraid of trending for the wrong reasons that they start to define policy based on anecdote. And any policy that's driven by anecdote is going to be a failed policy. The way the media likes to focus in attention from the public is is driven by emotion. I mean, they're they're creating narratives, as you say, based off of these these anecdotes. And it's a way of getting people to take very specific uh, to come to very specific conclusions about a circumstance that really doesn't actually get to the heart of the issue. Right. I mean, so yes. you, you can focus on you can do a human interest profile on one migrant. And, you know, this is the this migrant, by the way, you know, has a Ph.D. in astrophysics. And this migrant, you know, saved 20 kids from a burning orphanage back in Guatemala or in Haiti or in the Philippines or wherever. And all of a sudden, then people read that and they go, oh, my gosh, we should just let you know, we should let everybody in who wants to come to this country. We're a nation of immigrants. What they don't talk about is why have an immigration system in the first place if you're going to have 15,000 people at a time just gathering under a bridge trying to either run into the United States and or play the system by pretending to be refugees. The, The reason it's so important that they're not coming, for example, directly from Haiti is that under actual definitions of of what a refugee is or what an asylum seeker is right asylum seeker is one who shows up in your country and says i i need to be here because i'm feeling oppression right refugees apply from other countries to do that if they're already in colombia clay they're not refugees in america right they're not they're not asylum seekers here but this part of the process is what is being abused and it's such a shame because it is actually here the goodness of the american people through the lens of our willingness to take in not people that are, you know, going to be immediately uh, Successful. You know, wildly productive. Yes. Exactly. This is not, you know, H1. This is not the intellectual or- first round draft picks that we can that we often take from other countries to allow them to flourish. The, the, the asylum system is specifically to give safe harbor to a number of people who are fleeing true violence, oppression and possible death. And at our southern border, it's turned into let's show up as a family unit and game the system so that we don't have to go through the normal process. And that also, by the way, puts pressure on the rest of the of the immigration system 
that's meant to help the people that we're truly trying to help, right? It, it It's creating resource drain and taking slots and time away from those people. And the asylum is such that it takes years for our courts to actually work through the asylum process. In the meantime, they're living here, and we still have what is an antiquated notion in many ways, which is if you're born in the country, you become a citizen, right? Which is yeah, birthright almost non-existent. Here. Yeah, yeah this is not something that other countries have. In this That's country, right. if you bring this up, it's considered racist. I right. just add to this, Clay, though, that th- there's no interior enforcement going on either. When you talk to people in immigrations and customs enforcement, very, very few deportations happening under the Biden administration. They Remember, they shut it down. They wanted to shut it down for 100 yes. days officially. So the notion of the immigration, I mean, the, of the asylum, it's all a joke, Clay. They've made the whole thing a big joke. You know, you, as you correctly point out, it would take years. Does anyone really think the family that's been here for three or four years, all of a sudden an immigration judge is going to say, you know what? Now we're finally going to send you back. You showed up. They don't even show up for these hearings and nothing happens to them. That's the whole point. That's the whole game. And the and the wild thing here, too, from the Haiti perspective is I think that there is an element because of the assassination of the president, because of the earthquake, because of the perpetual tempest that exists in Haiti. I think probably what happened is whoever organized this said, hey, Haitian refugees, this is about as good of a opportunity to try to claim that you are in danger and should be able to come here, even though, as you rightly point out, Buck, the wild story is we're talking about an island nation. Somehow these people ended up in South America. They worked their way all the way up here, and they all of a sudden, 12 or 14,000 of them all arrive in Del Rio, Texas. There's a big story here about who funded this, how it happened, and why it's happening now that I think we need to know the answer to uh, as we continue to unpack this massive mess that exists in the border. The stock market can be a volatile place. If you're an investor looking to protect your savings and hard-earned dollars, it's hard to do so with confidence when the market's off by 600 points on the speculation of a real estate company in China defaulting on its loans. Why does that have an effect on your retirement plan? Gold is key when it comes to protecting your assets. It's as steady and sturdy as a fina- of a financial protection plan as you can get. And for that reason, it should be an important part of your portfolio. My partners at the Oxford Gold Group can help. They have precious metals that can be purchased and delivered to your home. There's nothing like real gold being delivered to your front door. So if you think buying real gold is complicated, my friends at the Oxford Gold Group are who you need to call. They will explain everything to you. Having real gold delivered to your home or having real gold as part of your IRA, it's just a phone call away with Oxford Gold, and it makes really good sense. Call them at 833-404-GOLD and learn how you can have real gold in your IRA and delivered to your door, just like I've done. I have real gold at home because of the Oxford Gold Group. Call them now, 833-404-GOLD, 833-404-GOLD. Radio listeners pay far greater attention to the connection that's unbreakable. From the DNA of America's anchorman, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. You know, I've got to tell, I've got to, I'm going to stop you right there. Let, let me just say very clearly, we are focused on meeting the challenge. We are focused on mission. The challenge of getting as many illegal immigrants into the country by bending and bending over backwards when it comes to U.S. law as possible. Welcome back to Clay and Buck Show. This is Buck, and that was DHS Secretary Mayorkas. And what you have to know, you have to filter everything that they say about the crisis at the southern border through a very specific lens. There it is. The Biden administration, because of the open borders Democrat left, because of the squad and because of the progressive vanguard within the Democrat Party that's calling a lot of the shots, they don't want the same outcome that you would think they would want when it comes to the border based on their uh, their pretense that there is law and order as a as a concept that we all share. We all want the same thing, Clay, at the border, except we don't because they benefit <laughs> from this politically. And the problem that they have is not one of lawlessness, is not the enriching of the cartels through this whole process. Remember, migrants have to pay whether they get turned away or not once they get taken to the border. Migrants have to make the cartels uh, more powerful and influential in, in Mexico and the, uh, the, the transfer lines that are set up here regardless. But, Clay, 
all this is going on, and the issue for the Democrats is one of optics. It's not people are scheming our system, gaming our system, getting around the immigration laws, taking advantage of the goodness of the American people. It's, this looks bad. We better get those drones out of their airspace over there ASAP, because the American people are seeing what the Biden administration's foreign, I mean, uh, not foreign, well, it is kind of a foreign policy issue, but border policy looks like. Well, and also remember AOC showing up in that all-white outfit and having her photo taken, like, with her hand raised, you know, with the kids that were in the Border Patrol cages that were supposedly created by the Trump administration that actually were created under the Obama administration. And, And I think the essence of this is what should be getting hammered home time after time. And I wonder on some level whether all of the crises that are uh, befalling the Biden administration right now actually help in regards to the chaos at the border because there's so much askew, there's so much adrift in terms of what we are doing right now as a country buck that any one failure doesn't stand out. Does that make sense? Like, you know, it's not like there's just one bad thing and everybody can focus on that. There are so many incompetencies going on right now in the Biden administration, including Joe Biden himself. And we haven't even hardly talked about the U.N. speech because it was such a non-entity in many ways in terms of actually saying anything. But there's a lot of distractions. Does that make sense? Yeah, of like, course. There's we, so many bad things. People don't even pay attention to the border. We, we are getting numb to the dumbness of the Biden administration. We're seeing so much go on here that you say, how could they make? But see, this is why I think the border is so critical, Clay, because it's a, they, they say it's a challenge. And they're right insofar as it's a challenge of optics for left-wing socialist Democrats. It's a crisis to you and me and the people listening who want an orderly, rule-of-law-based immigration system, who want rule of law at our southern border. It's a crisis to those people. We don't see this the same way, left and right. Democrats and Republicans, the Biden administration and conservatives in this country, it's not just that the you know the outcome is a little bit different here but we're ultimately trying to get to the same place they have a fundamentally different vision of what america's immigration policy should be and it's bringing as many people from the developing world as possible so they will vote democrat you can save a ton of money right now with my buddies at pure talk trust me on this whether you got at&t verizon or t-mobile i have done this with my family and my 13-year-old absolutely loves his Pure Talk service. My wife was talking about how fantastic it's been for him as we were sitting around the dinner table last night. They are saving a lot of money for many people out there, including my own family. You can get unlimited talk, text, six gigs of data, just $30 a month. Remember, you get to keep your same number and it's super easy to change and save $800 a year for your family. Just dial pound 250 right now from your cell phones. Pick them up in your hand. Say Pure Talk. You say 50% off your first month. That's pound 250. Say Pure Talk. You get a one-time auto-dialed text message from Pure Talk. Sign up today. Pound 250. Say Pure Talk. Trust me. Do it. Save big money for your family right now. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Encourage you to seek out the podcast. Make sure you don't miss a minute. 
want to also thank you. The August podcast numbers were through the roof. I think the same thing is going to be true in September. We understand everybody's constantly moving around. It can be hard to stay on top of everything. You can stay on top of everything by downloading the podcast. Search out our names, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton, at Spotify, at iTunes, at Google Play, at Stitcher, all these different places. Also, you can stay on top of the show by going to clayandbuck.com, clayandbuck.com. We're excited, actually. We were just recording before the show. Buck, 30 years ago, Rush went to Birmingham on his uh, tour around the country, and we've got a ton of big listeners in Birmingham, Alabama, and you and I are going to be doing the show on Friday of next week leading into the Alabama Ole Miss game, which is going to be taking place in Tuscaloosa. It'll air on CBS Big Game. We're going to be broadcasting live from the Innisfree, which is a bar like right in the Tuscaloosa area uh, for the Fox pregame show, but you'll be able to come and meet Buck and I there, and we're going to meet a bunch of listeners in Birmingham. Uh, They're doing a giveaway. It's going to be cool. It's great to get outside and meet people in many of these different affiliate markets all over the country. I'm looking forward to it, and obviously be my first time going to a a big time college football game, as well as uh, being I've actually never been down to Birmingham before, so it'll be my first visit to the great city of Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be absolutely fantastic. I can't wait uh, for that to take place. A lot of big events going on, and in red state America, those big events, college football games, NFL games, don't really require vaccine passports for the most part, don't require masks. People are getting back to normalcy. Well, it looked normal if you're a big fan of streaming and TV and everything else. The Emmys took place on Sunday, Buck, and we kind of talked about this a little bit. Uh, if you were watching, you might have said, hey, this looks totally normal. None of the actors and actresses, none of the comedians up on the stage making jokes, none of them had masks on at all. And I tweeted about this because we've been focused, we hear from a lot of you out in L.A. about the draconian restrictions that are under place uh, right now for kids, right? If you have a two-year-old in daycare in L.A. County, they have to wear masks. If you have a kindergartner in L.A. County in school, they have to wear masks. And so I'm sitting around saying, wait, if we're going to require two-year-olds to wear masks, why do all these super wealthy celebrities at the Emmys not have to wear masks? And they tried to put out a statement explaining why, after many people asked that same question that we were asking yesterday, how is it that we ended up with this totally divergent situation where now, now, they said it was a tent, but it was effectively indoors. There's no social distancing, and everything is completely normal for the Emmys, but your kids can't go to daycare Wait. without masks. Wait, this is too good. This is too good. This yes. is the best. So usually we sit here, and we would say to everybody, oh, my gosh, look look at the hypocrisy at work here, right? There's So there's different versions of this. You have the mayor of San Francisco, London, London Breed, Breed, for example, yes. version, where she just says, I'm important. I'm powerful. My friends and I were having fun. I don't care what you say. Don't that's, be the fun that's police. Right. She don't actually be the fun said police. don't be the that's, fun police. That's one version of this. Okay, fine. What happened with the Emmys is even more enraging, but also, folks, it's so perfect at the same time. Here's what they what they ended up putting out, what they ended up telling everybody. They were not, in fact, in... See, what, what Clay just laid out is, this makes no sense. 
adults are more at risk and more yes. likely to spread the virus. The vaccine does not prevent you from spreading the virus, as we all know. Children are very low risk. Very also, they leave this out now. And I don't see, I don't know if this has allegedly changed because of data, but children are also, and have been from the beginning, less likely to spread the virus, probably because their immune systems clear it so quickly as well. That's a part of this, right? If you're sick for a week, more likely you're going to have a viral load that's high than if you clear this in 24 hours or 48 hours with no symptoms. Most kids never know they have it. Exactly. As some children do. But the part, the part of this that's great, folks, and this is important. This is not just something that we sit here and go, look at these clowns, although we're doing that too is that the Los Angeles Health Department has in place an exemption, an exemption for TV production and stars who are considered (laughs) performers in a TV production. So essentially, because the Emmys, they treat it like it's one big TV show, it's almost like they're filming a on-set, you know, soap opera or something. So everybody there is technically in compliance because they knew the whole tent thing, by the way. That that was really weak sauce. Uh, So everyone there is in compliance. So this is the difference, Clay. We have now actually gone to the point where it's not just the different implementation of the rules or the hypocrisy around them. This is now like Orwell Animal Farm where they're changing the rules to specifically benefit certain favored groups. Now we've gone just a few steps further than what we had before where, okay, we let some people slide and others don't. No, now it's, you know, Clay has to wear a mask, but the guy Jason Sudeikis does not have to wear a mask. That's the way this goes. And it's entirely based on the profession. And I remember, you may remember this, Buck, I think it was back in last, maybe last like May or June. Do you remember when they shut down the woman's bar in L.A. County, bar restaurant, from being able to be open. Oh, and the production next door. Yeah, had a literally huge in the parking outdoor, lot. Outdoor, yeah. Yes. She, has, she spent all the money. By the way, this that's a perfect yes. example. She spent all this money to set up her outdoor dining. That's and Governor right. Gavin Newsom, who California voted to you know keep around, unfortunately, had this ordinance in place where if you were doing TV or movie production, because they write big checks and they're important to politicians... You eating in a big group of people outside, that was okay. But if you were running like a local sandwich shop or barbecue joint or pizzeria, your eating outside is a public health hazard. And if you disagree with that, Clay, you're a monster who wants old people to die. And that video was so perfect because she had created this outdoor seating area in the parking lot, and they were literally filming and doing the casting and the, the feeding of the crew in the parking lot next door to her. They were allowed to have hundreds of people eating at underneath their tent. She was not allowed to have her business open next door. And this is where all of these absurdities get exposed on a perfect level. This is also, though, why it's so pernicious. It's so honestly, it's it's evil to keep hammering these narratives of the good people and the bad people during covid. I mean, I would argue that the only bad people are the tyrants that are making us do stupid stuff. But, you know, there's 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 this notion that someone is always there are the people that have been fighting covid and doing everything they can and other people who are almost pro covid. I mean, they're actually will make jokes. They'll say this, you know, that 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 people uh, what's her name over at MSNBC MSNBC said this last week. She said Republicans love covid. I mean, they've convinced themselves of this. But, Clay, because that narrative has been so consistent 
among the media, the Democrats, the left now for so many months, they actually have reached a point, you're seeing it, where they believe that different rules that elevate them, that exempt them, are warranted and fair. They believe, you know, this is Animal Farm, four legs good, two legs bad. No, they're saying, you know, two legs bad, except for the pigs who can walk around on two legs with monocles and sleep indoors on beds and pretend that they're humans as they did an Animal Farm. That is the situation. And when we come back, I want to talk about this, too, because I think it also exposes how little fear there is. When you hear London Breed say, I was having a great time, the mayor of San Francisco, and so you don't, you shouldn't be able to be the fun police. What it's also illuminating is many of these people, I think, see the same data that we're seeing. They're just not willing to stand up to the fear, the fearful in their, uh, in their bases. They'll live their own lives without fear and without following the rules that they're trying to force the rest of us to follow. It's really pretty fascinating. Yeah, somehow first, what you, they yeah. want everyone else to be really scared. They're not scared, but they they're want not you scared to be really at all. scared because it's easier. The best way to control people, as we all know, especially at a mass media level, fear. Fear goes right into that part of the brain that allows those who want to to control you. But uh, we'll get back into that in just a moment. We at the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show love our dogs. They're members of the family. We want the best for them. We want them around for a long time. I mean, Tallulah, the Frenchie in the Sexton family, is 12. We got a couple of pups, too. We got Lila, the Cavapoo, also known as a mutt back in the day, but now they call them designer dogs, I think. We've got a Pomeranian. Oh, yeah. There are, there's a bunch of dogs around the Sexton family, but the problem is the dog food that they're eating is dead food. All dry dog food sits on a shelf at big box stores for years. So if you want the kind of nutrients, the things that you know you need for your gut health and your overall well-being and immune function for your dog, too, then you need Rough Greens. R-U-F-F, Rough Greens. It's not dog food. It's a supplement you put into your dog's food with vitamins, probiotics, enzymes, omega oils, and antioxidants. And the folks at Rough Greens are so confident your dog is going to love it, they've got a special deal for you, our listeners. Go to roughgreens.com slash Clay and Buck. They're going to give you the first bag free. That's right, free. All you pay is shipping. R-U-F-F, roughgreens.com slash Clay and Buck. Roughgreens.com slash Clay and Buck. Classes are back in session here at the Institute of Advanced Conservative Studies. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. 
On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome back to the Clay and Buck Show. This is Buck. We got some lines lit. We could take some calls here. I, I want to talk to you in a few moments about vaccine passports in New York City leading to a a brawl on video and now Black Lives Matter protests and all these allegations of racism and vaccine passport discrimination, all this stuff here in New York. I've got some particular thoughts on that. We will get into in just a few moments. Uh, but let's get to first Emily in Georgetown, Kentucky. What's up, Emily? Hey, guys. First of all, I want to say what a great job you guys are doing. Thank you so um, much. When we lost Rush, I was so scared. I was like, this, I'm not going to be, it's not going to be interesting anymore. There's not going to be facts. So I'm just going to say I think Rush is looking down and joining the show just as much as we all are. Thank you so much. Nothing, that makes, that. nothing would make us happier than that. And, you know, it's, it was helpful to have Rush as a tutor you know, I know a lot of you think of him as your political tutor and best friend for many years, in some cases decades. He was that he was that for us, too. So we Absolutely. all had that. Benefit. It was losing a friend for me, for sure. Um, I just kind of want to get back into this mask mandate in public schools. Yep. So my kids, I have a son's in kindergarten. My daughter, she is in second grade. So they are required to wear a mask. Um so I did get them a mask that was really lightweight, and it kind of was, it wasn't mesh, but it was a really light material, and there were small holes in it. Um, and let me go ahead and say, now, they wore these since day one of school, and nothing had been said whatsoever, and they were doing okay with them. My kids have a hard time with the mask, I'm sure, like a lot of children do, especially my kindergartner. He really struggles, so much so he's not even enjoying kindergarten whatsoever, hardly. Um, and then... I got a call from the principal after I dropped him off last week one day, and she had said that there had been some concerns the day before about my kids' masks, but not to worry that they were going to give, give them some. So I got this on a voicemail, so my kids were already at school. Well, I picked my kids up from school that afternoon, and they're upset. They're, you know, crying, um, and I'm like, well, what, what's going on? And they said that the guidance counselor, she had met them at the door that morning, before they even made it in the school with masks that she said they had to remove theirs and they had to put those on. 
So I hadn't even spoke to them, and they went ahead and did that. And the reason's upsetting is because my kids are little, and that all day they were upset because they thought they had done something wrong. Oh, yeah, I, I appreciate the call. Emily, it's madness. It's total madness. You know, Clay, we could very easily go around. I, I could go around to places in New York because there are some here still. Do you? I mean, is there anywhere in Nashville right now that is requiring indoor masking that you know of? Because there are plenty of places in New York that still make you do it, even though it's ad hoc. It's place by place. But I, I could. Is that a no? It's a no. That well, not that you know. I mean, of? well, it's interesting. The Nashville Predators, who are the uh, the NHL franchise, are requiring COVID vaccine passports uh, uh, in order to get in to watch I, the team play starting in October. They're coming. I, this is coming to it's first place I, every anywhere that I've seen. I keep saying. You keep saying. It starts in New York, then it's L.A., then it's Chicago and San Francisco, and then it spreads out across the country into places you wouldn't even expect. I just bring it up because we could very easily, based on actual science and data, go around and be the N95 uh, mask shamers. We could wear N95 masks and look at everybody to cloth mask and say, why don't you take the virus seriously? Why is your cloth mask not sufficient you know you, yes. you shouldn't be wearing this obviously this would be crazy but i'm just saying people that do things i i was on a plane i had the same thing where they told me take off that mask and put this one on because if you can breathe too freely clay you're not suffering you're you're not actually paying penance to the mask religion that's the only because as a matter of science these paper masks that everyone's wearing are useless idiocy but they keep pretending that something else is going on and look uh in my home school district they had a big meeting last night to speak to uh to emily who had just called us and there's a mask mandate still in effect where i live in tennessee but thankfully the governor has stepped in and said and and they give uh medical and uh and religious exemptions basically all you have to do is sign your name on a piece of paper and they'll give it to you and as a result virtually no kids in my kids public school are wearing masks but i don't know how this ends this goes to the question i was asking earlier buck which is a good buddy, uh, sorry, not a buddy, but we do uh, emails, right, where I respond to questions. And I got a great one from somebody in Washington, D.C., who said, and we could talk about this a little bit maybe in the next hour, the 930 Club is one of the most famous music venues I've, in Washington, I've been D. to a bunch of concerts there, yeah. I've been there as well. You know, let's in like a 1,000 people or whatever. They're now open after being shut down forever. They require vaccines, but when you provide proof of vaccination – you also have to wear masks inside of the concert venue. So not only are you providing the fact that you have been vaccinated for COVID, you still have to wear masks. And the guy wrote in saying, hey, I went to go see the Foo Fighters, great concert. How does this ever end? It ends insofar as there will be, in my in my mind, this is my answer yeah. to this, and I know one really knows, but I, I believe that we have the same way that there's this this acceptance of the of the lingering absurdity and stupidity of many FAA security and TSA regulations coming from the era of 9-11. You know, there's still these things that we all have to do and they act like it's really important. That is now all throughout that kind of safetyism is all throughout our society because of covid. And I think there will be these things where they can kind of turn on the pressure, turn off the pressure, you know, limit limit people going into certain places to a certain extent at certain points in the year. Some places will have masks, some places won't. There'll be the apparatus of COVID control 
continuing at different levels for years to come. That's how that's I think. That's what's scary. Like, I got asked, hey, when will you not have to wear a mask on an airplane again? I think you're wearing masks for years until Democrats stop being crazy. That's what we're facing. Maybe until the 2024 election uh, it results. I think it, it could be an issue in the 2024 election because on planes, I mean, I've never seen so much ferocious stupidity as airline attendants telling people to pull the mask over their nose. But we'll come back to what's going on here in New York City with Vax Passports coming up. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 